My Seven Chakras, Episode 69. Vision is mind. Mind is emptiness. Emptiness is clear light. Clear light is union. Union is great bliss. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AG here, and you are back. Once again, no matter what, to the hub for insights, advice, and tips to transform your life. And for that, I salute you. Now, action takers, I know that a lot of you want to start a practice of meditation, but one of the main challenges is dealing with the constant mental chatter that begins as soon as you start meditating. Building that focus sometimes isn't really easy. So I want to share with you something that I came across a while back, which is called binaural beats. Binaural beats is a type of audio that plays one frequency in your left ear and a slightly modified frequency in your right ear. It's an audio and this causes your brain to effortlessly create a third frequency which exists entirely within your head. This third frequency can be used to create altered states of consciousness to help you relax, focus and sleep better. This technology has been there for many years now, but most of the tunes in the past sounded very artificial and not that pleasing. And that's why I came across Ohm Harmonics. I just love the binaural beats by this company, which is called Mind Valley, because it's engineered to feel natural, soothing and intensely relaxing. So all you need is a pair of headphones and about uh, 10 minutes of your time. Uh, to download your track, go to my7chakras.com slash audio. That's our website name, my7chakras.com slash audio. So you can go there and download your track. And once you try it, join our conversation at our official Action Taker community. It's a Facebook group called my7chakras.com slash tribe. That's right. All the post-interview conversations and discussions happen right there. It's a simple link, my7chakras.com slash tribe. Hit join and be prepared to get inspired. And all right, today I am stoked to bring you our featured guest, Robert Wagoner. Robert, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am, AJ. Let's go for it. Awesome. So Robert Wagoner wrote the acclaimed book, Lucid Dreaming, Gateway to the Inner Self. Now in its ninth printing and co-authored a book for beginners, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple. A lucid dreamer since 1975, he teaches on this fascinating subject. So Robert, I've given our listeners a short intro, but tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any gaps that I may have missed. Yes, yeah, so uh, AJ, lucid dreaming 
is the scientifically accepted, scientifically validated experience of becoming consciously aware in the dream state. So you realize within a dream that you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. This is something I taught myself 40 years ago. The scientific evidence came out in 1980. And ever since then, I've been trying to help people to learn to realize within a dream that they're dreaming because so much potential awaits them there. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that intro and I can't wait to learn more about lucid dreaming. But before that, we normally start off each show with an inspirational quote. So, Robert, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you use this quote in your life. So, this quote is from an 8th century Tibetan Buddhist teacher and, and practitioner of lucid dreaming. His name was Dawag Yaltsin and it's called his Fivefold Teaching. And here it is. Vision is mind. Mind is emptiness. Emptiness is clear light. Clear light is union. Union is great bliss. And so the way that I use this is when I wake up in the morning, I remind myself that this waking dream, this waking reality is the creation of my mind, that it reflects back to me my beliefs and expectations, my focus and intent, my larger awareness. But all of it underneath, it rests on this interconnected oneness, this energetic emptiness, this clear light. And so that's how I start my day and, and that's how I use this fivefold teaching in my life. I really love what you just said. Vision is mind and then you ended with union is great bliss. And it's so true, action takers, whatever you have around you, your version of reality is just a creation of the mind. And that's why it's so important to be mindful of what are the thoughts that you are having on a consistent basis, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. There is some deep belief within your subconscious that's creating those thoughts. So it's just mindful to take a step back and think about how you can use the power of your mind to manifest your reality and we're going to get there sometime during the show as well uh, now robert you give us a introduction into lucid dreaming but how is that different from astral projection because i've heard about astral projection as well a lot and how how are they different right so in a lucid dream you realize within the dream that you're dreaming. For example, you might see something impossible like a flying elephant and think, wait a second, elephants don't fly. Oh, this must be mm -hmm. a dream. And so you realize within a dream that you're dreaming. That's lucid dreaming. But now an out-of-body experience or astral projection, oftentimes this will happen as you're falling asleep. So you're at that in-between stage. You're falling asleep and suddenly you begin to hear this vibration and humming around your your body, feel this energy, and then you realize that you're perceiving your bedroom from five feet above your body. An out-of-body experience or astral projection is different. It can happen during an accident, too. If you're in a car accident and suddenly you're viewing everything from 20 feet uh, above you. So, so those are examples of out-of-body experiences, but they do differ from a lucid dream. In many ways, they're like a mountain lion and a house cat. Mm -hmm. On some level, they're similar, but when you get down to the fundamental details, they differ. Got that. So you mentioned that lucid dreaming in particular is realizing within that dream that you're dreaming. So something happens within that dream that makes you aware uh, that you're dreaming. So could you talk to us about your experiences with lucid dreaming 
as a child when it all began what was it like yeah for for me it was an interesting experience um in 1975 i was reading a book um where a shamanic teacher uh told his student to become aware in his dreams by finding his hands and so, so there wasn't really an instruction. So, so what I did, AJ, I just each night before I'd go to sleep, I would look at the palms of my hands mm-hmm. while telling myself, "Tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming." Tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And I would look at the palms of my hands while telling myself that over and over for about five minutes, and then I'd be so sleepy, I'd I'd fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So on on the third night of doing this, uh, I'm walking through my high school hallway, and suddenly my hands pop right in front of my face. And I see my hands and realize, oh, this is a dream. Mm -hmm. I'm dreaming this. And at that moment, I realize that these people over there, they're dream figures. And that this wall that feels real and seems real is actually composed of dream stuff. And I went on to have an incredible lucid dream. uh, And just it just utterly blew my mind to realize within a dream that I was dreaming. So after that, I just began that simple practice and made it a part of my night routine. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you read a book where that shamanic teacher told a student to become aware of his dreams by looking at his palms. You tried the same thing for a few days and on the third night, you actually were within a dream and you could see your palms right there. Now, what did you feel? What were your emotions and what were you feeling like at that moment? <laughs> you know, at that moment, what's, what struck me is how easy it is to be deceived by the dream reality. Right. In so many of our dreams, we just accept whatever happens. So we run away from things, we make up stories, the car we're driving in suddenly becomes a bicycle, and, and we somehow explain it to ourselves. We, we lack that kind of critical awareness. But as soon as I saw my hands, I realized, oh, this is a dream. And uh, I stepped outside of the high school hallway. I looked at the brick wall, and it began to shake. And I remembered reading in this book that mm-hmm. you shouldn't look at anything steadily in a lucid dream. You should only look at things for a few seconds and then turn your eyes away. So in the book, it suggested to look back at your hands to stabilize the lucid dream. And so I looked back at my hands, but now what happened I became a point of light that was floating within the palm prints of my hands. It was like the palm prints of my hands were like great canyons that I was floating through. Wow. And that was, that was an incredible <laughs> experience to, to realize that really at our very essence, we may be just fundamentally that, a point of light. And then I uh, popped back to my original size, uh, decided I wanted to go flying. I began to fly, but I got so excited that I woke up. <laughs> and so that, that was my first experience with lucid dreaming. And, and in it were a lot of lessons, and it just showed me how easy it is to be deceived by waking reality and also by dreaming reality. And if you're going to work through that, you have to be much more mindful, much more aware. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite movies was the movie Inception, and that movie really got everyone talking about dreams. And they also spoke about what is called a totem, a totem to tell whether you're dreaming or awake. So, when you're within that dream, 
apart from the fact uh, you mentioned uh, have a look at your palm or make an effort to look at your palm how does one get to know whether he or she is dreaming or not dreaming right so that's an excellent question so for us lucid dreamers we have what we call reality checks mm-hmm. we want to be sure that we're in a lucid dream and so so a reality check might be if i think i'm having a dream i might see if i can levitate if I can float off the ground, then I'm quite certain that I'm levitating. Mm-hmm. Or if I grab my finger and pull my finger and my finger starts to grow, then obviously I'm having a dream. And so we, <laughs> so we do these things to help us just confirm that, oh, yes, this is a dream and, and this is a dream experience. And so, so that's what we call reality checks. And that's what we use to prove to ourselves that we're having a dream. Oftentimes, it's totally self-evident, but but sometimes you do have to check, and so you can do those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So there you go, action takers. I know that everyone dreams, but if you're within a dream, the next time you can do a reality check, if you can float off the ground, or if you grab your finger and it just extends and grows continuously, then you are definitely within a dream. And Robert, one of the challenges that I'm sure a lot of people face is that people dream, and when they wake up, they remember that they did dream, but they can't really remember the details. As soon as somebody asks them, what happened in the dream? You know, even I might be like, I did dream, but I, I, just, I just don't remember what exactly happened. So is there a tip that you can share with us to be more aware of the details and the vivid vividity within that particular dream the past night? Right. So for everyone who's going to get on the lucid dreaming path, good dream recall is essential. Mm-hmm. So so what I encourage people to think about, every time they wake up, the first thing you have to think about was, what was I just dreaming? So instead of looking at your phone or getting up to get a glass of water or something like that, the first thing you have to think about, what was I just dreaming? Because if you can think about that within the first 30 seconds or the first minute, oftentimes you can recall your dream. And then as you're going back to sleep, you can remind yourself of your intent to become lucidly aware by just giving yourself the suggestion, in my next dream, I want to become lucidly aware and realize I'm dreaming. So when you wake up, first thing, what was I just dreaming? And if you begin that habit, your dream recall will become excellent. Now, the experience of lucid dreaming in itself is so fascinating. It's so wonderful. But what are some of the benefits of learning and developing a practice of lucid dreaming? So there's numerous ones. I think the first thing that happens to lucid dreamers is they realize how much joy and fun there is when you become lucidly aware. <laughs> you, can f- you can fly through the sky. You can fly through walls. You can walk underwater. Wow. You can do all these amazing things. But, but then as you begin to develop as a lucid dreamer, you realize that, oh, there's much more to it. Yeah. You, can, you can access inner creativity. You can use lucid dreaming to resolve emotional and psychological blockages. You can use lucid dreaming to resolve physical issues, You can, like health issues. You, people heal themselves in lucid dreams. And finally, you can use lucid dreaming to explore the nature of awareness and even perform spiritual practices like meditating within a lucid dream. So there's all these things that you can do in lucid dreaming. It's a long journey, but it's it's a journey of really of heartful compassion for yourself and, and depth and understanding uh, as you go deeper and deeper into lucid dreaming. 
Mm-hmm. Now, on this very topic, one of the concepts that is synonymous with dreams is the subconscious. Many times, childhood events or traumas get stuck so deep within our subconscious that we aren't even aware of it, and that might manifest in our adult lives in so many ways possible. So, can lucid dreaming help us get beyond our limiting beliefs? Yes, they can. Oftentimes, in lucid dreams, we see the nature that these are just our beliefs and that they can be changed just like we change our clothing or something like that. And so oftentimes in lucid dreaming, it shows us that we have to let go of limiting beliefs, beliefs that limit us, and we have to grow into our most creative, authentic, and fulfilled self. So so lucid dreaming often helps us by showing us, or we can even ask in a lucid dream, show me a belief that's limiting me in my current life. And oftentimes the lucid dream will respond and show you limitations, beliefs that you have accepted that are limiting you that aren't truly essential to your true nature. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say somebody listening to the show right now says, you know what, I want to try out lucid dreaming or I want to learn more about it. Are there certain things a person needs to keep in mind before getting into lucid dreaming? Is it safe? You know, when I go around and give talks at universities, I tell the students that if you cannot handle waking life, then you should not get into lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And so if if waking life is too much or too depressing or, or too whatever, th- then I would just avoid lucid dreaming. It's not for you. But if you have a stable personality, if you have good dream recall, and if you're willing to do the practices, which include being more mindful during the day, then you really have what it takes to be a lucid dreamer. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, I don't recall the name of the poet, but one of them once wrote about having a dream within a dream. And this is what I have experienced as well when I've, I'm dreaming and then I think I've woken up from the dream, but I'm still dreaming. And then I wake up again, but I'm still dreaming. So does that happen to lucid dreamers? Yes. Lucid dreamers call that a false awakening. So, mm-hmm. so oftentimes uh, we'll be in a dream, we'll see something impossible, we'll realize, oh, this yeah. must be a dream. And now we're having a lucid dream. And all of a sudden <laughs> we, we realize, oh, the, the lucid dream is coming to an end because sometimes you have kind of a sign that it's coming to an end. Yeah. And, and then you wake up and you look at your dream journal and someone's already written the lucid dream down in your dream journal. And you think, <laughs> well, well, wait a second, wow. how, how did that happen? And then you yeah. realize, oh, I'm still dreaming. And that's what we call a false awakening. So it's, sometimes you have that kind of experience of a dream within a dream. But all you have to do is just remind yourself to wake up and eventually um, you'll stop having false awakenings and you'll awaken back into your waking physical reality. Wow. So Robert, at my seven chakras, we're all about building momentum and taking action. So based on your experience, is there a health tip that you can share with our audience that they can try immediately? Well, if you become lucidly aware in a dream and realize that you're dreaming, you can always project healing energy upon a physical ailment or even an emotional ailment. But I'll tell you what happened to me once in a lucid dream. I became lucidly aware and I asked, what is the secret of good health? Mm -hmm. And suddenly I heard an invisible voice, my, my inner self respond, the key to good health is moderation in everything. And, and so I, I, I want to ask people to think about that. If moderation is the key to good health, then think of practices in your daily life 
where you're not moderate? Do you allow your emotions to take control such that you become angry? If the mm -hmm. key to good health is moderation, then I ask people to, to think about not letting their emotions get the best of them to, to remain moderate. Or do you have a practice in your life, a, maybe a particular diet where you just eat, I don't know, you know, ice cream all the time? You know, that's, that's not good health. Moderation is the key to good health. It's looking at your life and trying to think of things where you, that are overemphasized and then all of a sudden realizing that, oh, if I'm going to have good health in my life, I need to think of things in moderate terms and not get over-involved, over-identified with certain activities or certain diets or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there you go, listeners and action takers, moderation is everything because no matter what you're doing if you're doing a workout or exercise you're running or maybe you're having you've, you've tried out a new diet if you go overboard that's when the challenge exists and that's all about learning more about your body because your body is smart and your body gives you signals sometimes when you're just crossing the border for moderation to extreme. And that's when you realize that that's the time when you halt and take a break and let your body regain control. So thanks a lot for that wonderful tip, Robert. And with that, we move on to the next round. Mark Twain once said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, and discover. And this means we've entered the challenge round during which we look at a challenge as an opportunity to grow, learn, and become wiser. So Robert, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. What were you feeling at that instant? And then how did you overcome the challenge? So... In 2005, um, I'd been lucid dreaming for 30 years, and, and I was involved in business and, and had a good life, but I realized that there was something more I wanted to do. So I tried to write a book on lucid dreaming, but I got about 50 pages in and just gave up. I, I just couldn't figure out how to tell about the incredible beauty and, and potential of lucid dreaming. So it was a couple years later, I had a dream, and in the dream, there was a woman who was cooking beans on the stove and she put beans on my plate and and mm -hmm. I, I just thought well wait a second i don't know this woman what what is this place and at that moment i became lucidly aware and i'll tell you aj the first thing i realized is that there is someone behind me and oftentimes carl jung would say that the shadow is what is behind you so the shadow is the denied or ignored or repressed portions of your personality that you haven't mm -hmm. faced, and that's why it's behind you. And so because I'm lucidly aware, I turned around and I picked up the woman and I put her in front of me, and I, I asked her in a very open manner, who are you? Who are you? And the woman replied, I am a discarded aspect of yourself. I am a discarded aspect of yourself. And so, as a lucid dreamer, I had to think, well, how do I respond to a discarded aspect of myself? And then I realized, from my heart, I have to totally accept this discarded aspect. And it was amazing. As I totally accepted this discarded aspect from my heart, suddenly this woman shrank down and became colored light, pieces of colored light that then came into my chest and gave me a jolt of energy. 
And when I woke up, I realized I was energetically different. And it took me about a week, but I realized that ever since that lucid dream, I began thinking I should try to write that book on lucid dreaming, which was a project that I had discarded two years earlier because I just couldn't see how to do it. But now that I had reintegrated with that energy, with that discarded aspect energy, now that I had that energy back in me, I began to realize that now I had the energy to go ahead and write what became my first book, Lucid Dreaming, Gateway to the Inner Self. And and so this was really a powerful thing because in lucid dreams, oftentimes the dream figures represent projected mental energy. And when we reintegrate with them or come to accept and love them, then that energy returns to us and invigorates our waking life. And that's why I tell people, if you become lucidly aware and there's like an angry dog who's barking at you or someone who's who seems to be wishing to harm you, if you can open up your heart and shower them with love and compassion – Oftentimes, that angry dog will shrink down into something, you know, into a a nice cat, or that angry person will shrink down into a little child that just wants love and acceptance. But that's what I learned, that if you accept the shadow, you reintegrate that energy, that energy comes into your waking life and gives you the power to move forward with new creative projects and new goals in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned about the angry dog, right? right. Uh, but what if somebody, like I had an experience, I was dreaming, and in the dream, I noticed two dogs, not ferocious, but very faithful dogs who were following following me wherever I went, and it seemed as if I had at some point saved their lives, and uh, they were just following me, two of the dogs. It didn't make any sense, but... Uh, any insight? Right. You know, in, in a lucid dream, um, oftentimes we'll have things that will follow us that want to get our attention, that want, want mm-hmm. to. And, and then sometimes it may be that, that if, if you feel that dogs are kind of uh, protectors or, or faithful companions, that it might yeah. be a symbolic element that, that around you you have – you have uh, protectors or, or something like that. But, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, I remember talking to a friend of mine who teaches lucid dreaming, and he told me about a young man who became lucidly aware and realized the woman was following him throughout his lucid dream. And finally, mm-hmm. he, turned, he turned to the woman and he asked her, why are you following me? What do you represent? And the woman said, I represent your brain, and I've come here to ask you to stop smoking. It harms us. And at that moment, the lucid dreamer had to think, well, how do I respond to this projection of my brain who wants me to stop smoking? And and so he thought about it, and he he told her, he goes, look, every time I try to stop smoking, I have cravings. If you can stop the cravings, then maybe I can stop smoking. And the, the representation of the brain said, we'll see what we can do. And, and you know what, AJ? This young man reports that when he woke up, he had absolutely no interest in smoking. From that moment, he, he could hang around with smokers and had no interest in smoking. It was like some part of his brain had just shut down his interest in smoking. And I think that gives us an insight into how powerful lucid dreaming can be to change behavior. But we have to pay attention and become lucidly aware within the dream so we can have that kind of conversation with that dream figure. Mm -hmm. So there you go, listeners and action takers. 
that experience is magical and that's one of the reasons why you should consider trying out or getting into lucid dreaming because there are so many belief systems so many habits that seem really difficult to change but they are rooted deep within within the subconscious and if you have that alternate strategy then it's as simple as just uh, you know having that lucid dream projecting your inner ego yourself and then changing just having that paradigm shift like this person experienced uh, so robert thanks a lot for sharing your story looking back now what is that one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story well i think what it shows is that inside of us we have the potential for healing we have the potential for being educated for learning we have inner resources that we can access, and we can access it through various practices. Lucid dreaming is one. When you become consciously aware within a lucid dream, you can use it to resolve emotional and psychological blockages. You can resolve physical ailments and diseases. You can access creativity. You can do all these kind of things. We can also access this deeper level by other practices like meditation. You know, not all of us are natural lucid dreamers, but by meditating uh, during the day, we get down to a deeper level. And in some of my waking meditations, I've got down to the level that I interact with the awareness behind the dream, which are always profound meditative experiences when I get to this deep level. So through lucid dreaming and through meditation, these are all ways that we can get in touch with our own inner energy, our own inner resources, and allow them to educate us and inspire us and instruct us on how to live our life more fully and more creatively and with greater fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people speak about finding their true calling or their true purpose here on earth and finding it really makes us happy and allows us to contribute in a better way. But that might take a bit of time. You know, It might not happen immediately. Uh, but listening to stories about how other people found their life's calling, that makes a big difference. So that is why we have this particular round. Uh, Robert, have you found your life's true calling? And if yes, what is your calling? You know, I would say that I have. It After 30 years of lucid dreaming, I found that within me was this great interest in teaching others about the practice and potential of lucid dreaming so that they could develop their own insights and growth and personal transformation. And so, so yeah, that's what I feel that my calling has become, and, and that's why I'm so happy to talk about lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, was there ever a moment when you were convinced, without a doubt, that this is what you were meant to do? You know, it was interesting, uh, AJ. As my first book had gone to the publisher and was yeah. going through the proofreading and editing process, I began to have a series of dreams in which people gave me gifts. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was one gift. Sometimes it was thousands of gifts. Sometimes it was people I knew. Sometimes it was people I didn't know. But at the end of this series of gifting dreams, there was a Chinese Buddhist, and he reached into his silk robe and pulled out an ancient turquoise necklace 
and put it around my neck. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the room exploded into blocks of, of purple light. Wow. And when I woke up from that, I, I thought, what, what's happened there? So, so I wrote a friend of mm. mine, uh, sent a friend of mine an email. He's a Vedic astrologer. And, and I told him about this uh, profound uh, dream experience and i thought it had something really important to my life and and he said well um, i'm out in france at a vedic astrology conference but chinese buddhist master um, i'll be hosting a chinese buddhist master when i return to the united states here's the link and i clicked on the link and it was the face of the man who had put the ancient turquoise necklace around my neck (laughs) and and you know what the incredible thing was i realized for about 15 years he had been coming in dreams and lucid dreams and helping to teach me about lucid dreaming about greater awareness and and that was a profound moment when i realized that yes this was my calling it might have been something that i decided even before i came into this life that that lucid dreaming was my way of giving back to the world, of teaching the world, of helping people reach their full potential. Mm-hmm. And this actually brings to my mind this topic of spirit guides. What is your take on that? Does everyone have one spirit guide or a couple of spirit guides that help them, guide them, nudge them, and give them signs on how to take the next step in their life? Well, in my books, uh, in all my lucid dreams, I've only had twice where I've run into a dream figure who – one time there was a dream figure who told me it was a guide, that it was always there watching me in my lucid dreams and there to help me whenever I needed help. And then there was another time where a woman dressed in a red robe on top of a totem pole in a lucid dream, she told me that she was a guardian Mm-hmm. And she put out her right hand, and on it was a little Buddhist figure that suddenly became this gentleman who I later met who gave me the ancient turquoise necklace. So so mm-hmm. I have met a guide and a guardian, but here, here's what I do have a little bit of a concern about. I don't think in a lucid dream you should necessarily seek them out. I think you should wait until they come to you because if you mm-hmm. seek them out, then you'll just think out, oh – you know, my guardian must be look like this or be like that. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes your guide or your guardian might not be anything like what you think it is. And so, so I would let it uh, come to you and, and then see what happens. But one thing that everybody can do is this. When you become lucidly aware and you stabilize the lucid dream, you can just shout out to your inner awareness. Just ignore all the dream figures and shout out, hey, dream. Show me something important for me to see. And oftentimes at that moment, the entire lucid dream will change, and now you'll be looking at something that's important for you, that's important for your greater growth and development. So there's always that awareness behind the dream. It's not visible, but in a lucid dream, you can interact with it, and it can tell you things as well as, and give you advice too. Now, this also brings to my mind one of the questions that one of our action takers had recently asked and uh, this was asked in our facebook group and what he asked was uh, what is your definition of consciousness because there are so many different definitions that are in uh, you know spoken about and uh, it becomes a difficult concept to really digest and understand but what is your definition of consciousness well as i see it consciousness is an attribute of awareness mhm so, so think of that fivefold teaching of Dawa Gyaltsen. Vision is mind, mind is emptiness, emptiness is clear light, 
clear light is union, union is great bliss. When we get to that point of getting to union, of this non-dual state, of this experience of clear light within the light of awareness itself, that's when we realize that consciousness, this self-consciousness, this idea of a self, of a being, Mm -hmm. it's a creation, it's a construct. It's important, but at the same time, fundamentally beneath it all is this awareness, is this clear light, is awareness by awareness itself. So that's why I try to get across to people that consciousness is an attribute of awareness. But if you want to truly understand things, you have to let go of self-identity, let go of beliefs, expectations, focus, and intent, and in the final part of the lucid dreaming or dream yoga program is letting go of all of that to come to the source reality, the reality beyond this perceived reality. So, so consciousness is an attribute of awareness. Consciousness obviously is important, but fundamentally when you get to the ultimate, it's returning to that non-dual state of awareness, aware within awareness. Wonderfully put. And with that, we have finally arrived at the last portion of today's show, which is called the Wisdom Round. Four questions that need four responses, just like in a rapid fire round. So are you ready? Yes. What is the best advice that you have ever received? I was reading a book and in the book it said, your point of power is now. And I think that was the best advice I ever received. Because in that advice, I realized that some of us feel trapped by events in the past, or some of us feel very concerned about the future, but really our point of power is right now. It's in this now. It's in this moment. And so whenever I begin to feel concerned about the future or caught up in past events, I remind myself that the point of power is now. It's only in this moment that I can do anything. And, and so, my point of power is now, and so that's when I get present in this moment and engage my power. And so, I don't give my power to the past, I don't give it to the future, the point of power is now. Name a personal habit that contributes to your well-being. So, every morning when I wake up, I realize that I'm waking up into a waking dream, mm-hmm. that this waking life is a reality creation. It connects to my beliefs and expectations, my focus, my intent, my will. It connects to all of that, and it connects to my larger self. But it's a reality creation. And that's what Mm. Maya originally meant. It means a creative transformation. I think what they were trying to say is it's mental energy being expressed into this outer environment. So every morning when I wake up, I remember that I'm waking into a waking dream, a waking reality creation, a waking mental construct. Mm -hmm. So, Robert, do you have a morning ritual? Well, when I wake up, uh, first I I try to write down my dreams because uh, I I see that these dreams are important. The reflections of activity that's going on that I need to be aware of. Then often I'll say a mantra uh, to remind myself uh, of, of life as a as a reality creation, as a waking construct, and and that inherently and ultimately there's this emptiness, this non-dual awareness that 
underlies it all. Then normally I, I'll brush my teeth and make breakfast for my wife and I, and then I'll read the paper because um, in the paper I see a reflection of of our individual and collective reality together in the events that happen to us. And I remember a, a statement by a, a good writer, uh, Jane Roberts. She she said, "Honor the temporary." because it is the face of the eternal name one book that has made a significant impact on your life oh good grief there are so many but uh, <laughs> probably a book by jane roberts who was a, a a wonderful writer in america and and she wrote a book called the nature of personal reality and in that book i've got so many insights into how our personal reality is created how it's connected to our beliefs and expectations, our emotions, our focus, and how our larger awareness is also part of creating this reality we experience. But The Nature of Personal Reality by Jane Roberts was one of those books that really opened my eyes and and helped me awaken as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that. Action takers, in case you're driving or you weren't able to take down notes, visit my7chakras.com slash 69. That's M-Y-S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com slash 69 to access the show notes. And make sure to share this episode with friends and family over social media as well. The link is my7chakras.com slash 69 in digits, not the word Six nine, right? So, Robert, it was great to have you on our show today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for. Tell us the best way we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. You know, what I'm grateful for is this gift of awareness. We all exist as part of an interconnected oneness, and we can discover that as we go deeper and deeper into lucid dreaming, deeper and deeper into meditation. If you want to find out more about me and more about my work, uh, please visit my book's website at lucid, lucidadvice.com. So that's one word, lucidadvice.com. And AJ, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to your audience. Thanks a lot, Robert. Action takers, this, as I always say, was just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure that you are looking forward to learning so much more about lucid dreaming, having those wondrous fun-filled and joyous experiences but also beyond that there are so many other things that you can do once you learn more about your subconscious your negative beliefs that you might have deep within uh, within you and how you can use lucid dreams to become more aware and take action towards enhancing the quality of your life so visit lucidadvice.com and learn more and take action. So, Robert, thank you so much for coming on our show, sharing your wisdom about lucid dreaming and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much, AJ, and lucid wishes to to all those who are listening. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.